0: Well, I welcome to the studio, a very special guest, my friend Captain Dan Butchery, is the president and CEO of the War Memorial Center. Captain Dan, thank you for being here, John. Thank you so much. Thanks for bringing your beautiful wife. Of that's, course, that's why I was really excited for you to be here today. <laughs> um, when you think back, you and I were in Iraq together 20 years ago. I was embedded with a military unit that right you were one of the commanders in, yeah, right now, it right was 20 years ago. Here's my first question as I was thinking about this. Does it feel to you like it was more than 20 years ago when we were there, or it was less than 20 years ago that we were there? Less. Me too.
1: Um, It's hard to believe, you know, 20 years. It's just, I don't know. It's a long time, you know, realistically. I call it that that year that was lost um, because by the time I got home, it's everything else, the world kept going on Harley's 100th. I mean, you know, family and friends who are going to that sending me pictures of which yeah. of course you want to be back here for that and this summer is gonna be the hundred and twentieth. So, you know, it's just it's amazing how fast time flies. And and that's one where um <clears throat> yeah. You kind of try to reflect and say, Am I being positive? Am I am I having an impact with what I learned and was exposed to over there to today? And and realizing if you in your mind want to accomplish something don't hesitate because time is going to pass and now is time seize the moment because uh, otherwise you're going to turn around and it's going to be another 20 years from now so don't don't hesitate to do something positive that you want to
0: do yeah
2: and just to set the stage a little bit because I don't know if everyone knows as I've been getting to know John since I started here in December We were chatting and talking about things, and he's like, You know, when I was in Iraq, I'm like, Wow, that's an amazing experience. Tell me a little more. And he was like, Well, gosh, it was 20 years ago. I'm like, That's a heck of an anniversary. How do you wind up getting embedded? So, what is that process? Because you were the journalist from Wisconsin chosen. You're
0: right, the broadcast journalist. So, it was a long process. Every TV and radio station wanted to be the one chosen, and I applied through the Pentagon, and I had really good relationships with our U.S. senators. So they played a role at the end of the day, and then the Pentagon chose one TV reporter to go, and so that's how the journey started, and then I hooked up with you guys, a photographer and I, mm-hmm. in, uh, at La Crosse, when you guys were finishing up your training, getting ready to go to Kuwait, Yes, and we all went to Kuwait together. You didn't like me, I felt like, very much at the beginning, and it wasn't personal, but I was a journalist— and you basically had to hold my hand and make sure i didn't do anything really stupid or get killed and that i followed the rules and here you were a serious military guy going off to war literally and i felt like you were like oh god really i got to go i got to make sure that guy doesn't do anything stupid is this true dan be honest well let me let me clarify something um we were a
1: combat unit right i was a line combat unit which means the trigger pullers and i'm their co 124 soldiers. So we have a very clear mission as combat engineers. We have to go in. We ended up clearing roadsides and handling unexploded munitions and working alongside special forces as, as their force protection. We had a very real job. Um, public affairs officers are normally up at the battalion or the brigade level, and they're tied to the S1 shop, which is a personnel command. They literally have someone on staff who is a public affairs officer, and that's their job. But because my battalion commander, Colonel Mike Mark Michie, retired general now, he's like, Buttry, you're from Milwaukee. You have a marketing company. Come on. You got John. And so (laughs) I was like, what? I have to do both worlds? You know? So that's more of the issue. It ended up being, I thought, really positive. And I think I also shared with you, I'm like, let's go. I mean, I'm going to keep doing my job. Right. You just... Just run with me. That's right. Uh, Hang with me. You were
0: less of the issue than your camera guy. Right. He didn't want to drink the warm water. It was like 130 degrees hot, and the water was warm. And he was an idiot and didn't drink the water. And twice had to get medical help because he was dehydrated. Yep. Almost had to be evac. Yeah. You were about. You were about to. You were not messing around. You said, I'm going to kick you and him out of here. I can't be wasting time and energy because this guy doesn't want to drink the warm water. Right. I got to tell you, so it worked both ways because when I applied to get embedded, we didn't know with what unit. And so then I found out that I was going to get embedded in a reserve unit and being naive and uneducated, I thought, oh, great. I'm going with a guy who runs a marketing company and the guy in charge runs a garage door company. I'm going to a war zone with these guys that are kind of soldiers. And I quickly learned otherwise. But I also was like, and this guy's a cable installer. This is, yeah. And it was the first time in many, 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 many years that reserve units had been mobilized. Right? Well, they didn't. They didn't go into
1: Vietnam, um, Korea. I mean, there had been mobilizations throughout, you know, but not into
0: a combat zone. Well, right.
1: Yeah, this was really the. We were the largest Wisconsin unit to deploy since World War II. Wow! To put that into perspective, as a whole unit, as an entity,
0: In 50 see the years. reserves.
1: The reserves will send you onesie twosies, right? They'll say, "Hey, we need your MOS, your military occupational specialty. You have this specialty here. We need you to backfill over here." Yep. And so, but you know, as guard, so the guard reserve units will send as whole units. Um, and so, and to go back twenty years, fifty percent of the troops on the ground is part of Operation Iraqi Freedom One which is that first year on the ground, 50% of that forest density was made up of guard and reserve. That's amazing. Which is another first time, by the way, too, because it tends to be a smaller percentage, 20, 30% of a total forest density. So, um, and we were a combat unit. Yeah, frontline combat unit. But what helped was, because we were in an engineer unit, all these guys, and we were all male unit because they hadn't yet embedded. uh, We had women in the battalion level But in the line unit, it was all male, except Mm -hmm. for the medics, which is awesome, an awesome statement to be made because they were going with us into the field right alongside with us. And so that's another important piece I want to make sure that folks understand. It's not just, you know, a a male, a female, it's, it's, we were there together. Um, But in my unit directly, I didn't have any women specifically in C company, chainsaw company is what it was called. And uh, they were general contractors, plumbers, you know, electricians. And that actually helped us enormously because we ended up being able to do all these missions across Iraq that even the active duty couldn't do because they didn't have enough of their trained electricians. We were, re- we were rebuilding that country at that point. So all of a sudden, we were able to start to pick up all these missions that the brigade commander, the chief engineer in the entire theater was going, where are these guys from? And they were using those civilian skills, but they were also using their military capabilities as well. It was outstanding.
0: Captain Dan Butchery is with us on WTMJ. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the hat you wear now is president and CEO of the War Memorial. And there's some very important news that I want to discuss with you regarding the great work happening at the War Memorial. We'll do that after Debbie helps get you home on WTMJ. We're joined live in the studio by my friend, Captain Dan Buttry, the president and CEO of the War Memorial Center here in Milwaukee, and one of the commanders in the unit that I was in embedded in Iraq 20 years ago. Hard to believe it. it's been 20 years. What
2: an incredible honor for you to be chosen as the journalist from Wisconsin. Yeah, it was pretty cool. To do this reporting. I mean, that's that's a milestone. And yeah. amazing that you built a relationship with the military man who was your, oh, would you call it a babysitter, Dan? Well, I mean...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Minder,
2: no, we, go. we we were. <laughs> I, I make light. We were partnering. In, I would say I make light. I mean, you were in yes. some very serious situations. When you yeah. get back together like this, what is the one of the most intense situations you remember that you experienced with John in Iraq?
1: Well, there was a point where we were convoying up um, long, long day and hours, and it was dark, and we were going around Baghdad, and there was a point where. Um, I don't remember if this is before or after the incident, John. But um, I'm driving. The battalion commander's riding with me, yep. and John and the camera guy are in, in my Humvee. So literally, they've put the, all the assets like in my Humvee. And I still remember the um, shots were being taken yep. and bouncing off the road in front of us. Yep. And, and I remember kind of pacing and joking. I looked to the to the colonel. I said, "Are those bottle rockets?" You know, just trying to make light <laughs> of what we what we had. And by the way, we're in soft shell. We're not in armored vehicles. Yep. Well, then we came up on vehicles that have been hit. And so our assets all went around this vehicle. They couldn't, they couldn't move it out. So what you do is you take the sensitive items, which are things like radios and whatever, and then you, you torch the vehicles because you got to move. You're in an ambush, ambush zone. And the, and the camera guy came around. He was about to try to capture live footage. And I shut that down fairly quickly. Yep. Because what you would have done is he would have come around, turn the. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I do. You would he have would put the turn camera the light. on. Yep. And I, I whispered in his ear and I said, I know, I think I know what the cost of this is. I will shatter this if you turn that on. Yep. And then I escorted both he and John back around the the Humvee and and moved them by the wheel well because again we're exposed. We don't know where that sh- those that shot's coming from.
0: That's when I realized it was a war. Like we weren't just playing.
1: Correct. You run something on a set on TV. someplace just doing whatever.
0: Yeah. But, you know, that gets to what you were talking about earlier. There was a confliction of what we both wanted to do Yeah, because you had a job to do, which was to to successfully carry out your mission. Our mission was to capture that. So I remember he was, but it was a learning experience. He didn't know, didn't realize, but that was intense. That night in Baghdad was... I remember that night like it was yesterday. There's a song there, that one night in Baghdad. Right? Yeah. I think so. yeah. I like John, song this there. sounds
2: like a silly question, but did you fear for your life at times during that um, embedding? I
0: was scared sometimes. Not like imminent, like I could die right here, but I was scared. That was one of the times I was. But you could have. Yeah. We were in some situations. I remember another time we went up into a tower to look out on an airfield so that we could get a vantage point of MiGs and other assets that were on the airfield. We were up in the airfield— and suddenly, guards down at the bottom of the tower escort. They said, You got to get down. You got to get down. We think there's a sniper out there mm-hmm. and you're a target. He'll take a shot at you up in that tower. And then that was another moment where it was like You were at oh. you were at Anaconda when that happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, I love the reminiscing, but I got to ask you about something very important that's funding for the War Memorial Center. Um, it's getting to be kind of a dire situation. How are you guys funded and how's the situation looking right now?
1: Well, you know, 66 years. Um, I don't think most people understand we're a private nonprofit. We always have been a private nonprofit. The county owns the building. So it's a private public partnership. So we raise and currently we raise 80 percent um, through wow. events, through rentals, parking. You know, we have tenants, yeah. uh, but also fundraising and grant writing. So um, the county's generously been supporting us. A plan was put in place in 2017 to defund it, meaning because of the pending financial crisis that they had. And so um, they brought me in to ramp up a lot of initiatives and programs, uh, which we are, but we still have some headwinds coming, out, coming in out of COVID. Um, we need a little runway um, to kind of keep, keep this going. But, you know, we've, we've brought in a lot of new initiatives and programs, and it's, it's private private funding
0: okay so right now we know there's a crisis with funding at the yep. city level and at the county level the county level gives you some money now if the sales tax is allowed to go through and say a year or 18 months from now that becomes a reality will that help increase the likelihood they will continue to help fund you yes
1: i mean to what level of detail and etc um the goal is eventually probably to no longer fund the war memorial but eventually, we eventually. Need more runway
0: to R- right well we there. got
1: an email or note you know, a couple of weeks back, that said it, it's going to, it was going to expire in 2033. It may now be 2027. Well, you can imagine oh my, my reaction gosh. to that. Yeah. Right. Because that's four years out.
0: It's one of the great assets <clears> in our community. If you want to weigh in on this, you should reach out to the county executive's office. Give them your feedback. They're taking feedback right now on budget and financial issues. So I'll let them know how important the War Memorial Center is to us here in our city. Captain Dan Buttry, it's always good to see you. Patty, really, it's even really better to you. see you. thanks so much thank you for your service happy anniversary yeah happy anniversary sir